All right, well, let's uh, turn in the Word of God to Genesis 48. Genesis 48, wow, we're getting near the home stretch of Genesis. Getting to the home stretch of Genesis here. So Genesis 48, and uh, we'll read verses 1 through 7, then verse 21. Genesis 48, 1 through 7, then verse 21. It says this in the Word of God. Genesis 48, 1. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful, and will multiply thee. And I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land of thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. <laughs> and thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance." And as for me, when I came from Paden, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath. And I buried her there in the way of Ephrath, the same is Bethlehem. Now verse 21 says, And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Let's pray together again, please. Father, again, Lord, we just uh, praise you, and uh, Lord, I'm glad that we have much to be glad about. We have much to be thankful for. We have much to praise you for, and uh, Lord, I'm just uh, so glad, uh, dear God, that as your word says, you daily loadeth us with benefits, and so, Lord, we just need to make sure we go by and pick it up, and uh, Lord, and enjoy your blessings and your goodness uh, upon our life. Lord, again, we thank you for your faithful servants, those that are faithful to be here, those that are faithful uh, to listen in. Lord, I pray you would just bless them for their faithfulness, dear God, and just continue to work mightily in their lives and through their lives. Lord, I pray you just continue to build your local church uh, right here. Uh, Lord, you know the needs of people. You know what's going on in hearts. Lord, you know what's going on in homes. Lord, you know the needs of the young people and uh, decisions that they need wisdom and guidance uh, uh, in making in their life at this uh, age and stage. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, you just uh, watch over our young people. Lord, we pray for the very young ones, God, that, Lord, save them at the youngest age possible. Uh, Lord, thank you that they're already uh, learning Bible verses and things. And Lord, just continue to bless them. And Lord, we confess we need you tonight. And Lord, we desire tonight. And so, Lord, again, uh, teach us and guide us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, last week we looked at uh, Genesis 46, and we sort of zeroed in on verse 49 of Genesis 46 last week. Just as a reminder, said this, And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father. So remember, Joseph and Jacob finally got to meet. Uh, and it says, And uh, presented himself... 
uh, Joseph presented himself unto his father. It says, and he fell on his neck. And if you remember, and he wept on his neck. And remember that statement, a good while. Amen. A good while. And uh, what a precious thought that was. We looked at some, that thought of, of some precious moments in life. And so we reminded, uh, just as we saw in Jacob's life and Joseph's life, there's difficult moments in life, but also thank God there's precious moments in life. Uh, the other day, a friend of mine that, uh, li- that's uh, in Korea right now, uh, he's, uh, he's in the, the States for something, but uh, he's a pretty good friend of mine. He sent me a picture of him uh, with his family. So I guess wherever he was, his kids got to come. They live in different places. So he got to be with his family the other day. And he sent me a picture of, uh, I've known his kids since they were real little. He sent me a picture of him with his kids. And I, I uh, texted him back. I said, oh, you better take those memories and stick them in your pocket because you're going to have to pull them out from time to time. Amen. So boy, when God gives us those precious moments, amen, we better put them in our pocket, so to speak, because uh, when the things happen, we're going to have to pull those out to encourage us and remind us, even in difficult times, that, hey, there are still precious moments in life. And so uh, a wonderful thought there. And then, of course, we sort of skipped over Genesis 47 here, but I, I do want to uh, look at a couple verses there. Uh, Genesis 41, all right? Of course, here we see that Israel's come and the, the Israel family are in Goshen. And of course, some of them got to meet Pharaoh. And Genesis 47.1 says this, Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. And behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And then Genesis 47 verse 9 says, And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, right? Uh, Joseph brought his father Jacob to meet Pharaoh. And it says, Notice it's kind of interesting what Jacob says about his life here. He says, the days of the years of my pilgrimage. Amen. He remember he was just a pilgrim passing through. Are 130 years. And notice what he says. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. The days and years of my life been. Wow. He says, and I have not attained to the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. So he referred to his days as few and evil. Uh, evil. But then he says, uh, then it says in verse 12, of course, we know that uh, uh, though Joseph had a position in Egypt, his uh, relatives went down to Goshen. And it says this, because remember that great famine was going on. And it makes this statement in verse 12. It says in Genesis 47, 12, and Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. And again, in all these things, we see how Joseph is a type. And so during this famine, right, Joseph sustained, Joseph nourished his family. And of course, the word nourish means to maintain or to sustain or to provide for in famine and difficult times. Uh, a good uh, a verse that goes along with that is Nehemiah 9.21, which says, Talking about God uh, providing for Israel in the wilderness. Yea, 40 years didst thou sustain them, right? He nourished them in the wilderness. And I like this. It says, so they lacked nothing. (laughs) Their clothes waxed not old and their feet swelled not. Man, I wonder if I could get in on that. (laughs) My feet have been having problems lately. But it says their clothes, but it says they lacked nothing. And so we see that Christ, amen, 
Christ is our nourisher. Christ is our sustainer and Christ is our provider, just like he was in difficult times. And then in verse 27 of Genesis 47, it says, And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and notice this, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And again, uh, this is a reminder, as we saw when uh, God was bringing Joseph and his brethren together, and now not just his brothers, but all the family is in Egypt. And this is a reminder how God, amen, he'll move the world. Amen. He'll move, he'll have world events just to get his people where he wants them. Remember, uh, how did, how did, uh, you know, it was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, but how did Joseph get there? By a, by a national event, by a major event, a political event where he, they said, hey, you got to go back and be taxed. So a lot of times we, we see these uh, worldwide events going on and we just say, man, well, look, what's, what's going on? And we get all confused. Hey, remember, God's in control and God moves uh, world events so that he can get his people and, and, and get the world ready for what he desires to do at that time. And so he had this world event just to get his people where he wanted them, right, so he could sustain them and then... Over that time period, he could forge them in to the great nation that he would have them become. And so God did all that. Uh, listen, you'd be amazed what God will move and God will do, amen, just to do something in your life, just to do something in your life. Say, why is this going on? Well, God's allowed it to go on. And so God's got these world events then. Why? Because, hey, he wants to do something in the church and through the church. And so we want to be alert to that. And so now that brings us up to Genesis 48. And so, of course, Jacob is near the end of his life. And so he meets with Joseph. And so uh, notice again what it says in verse 21, what Israel said unto Joseph. He said this, And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but notice the statement, but God shall be with you. But God shall be with you. So we see this thought. We see life continues, right? But not alone. Life continues, but not alone. He says, I'm going to die, but God shall be with you. So we've certainly know by reading the word of God, and we've certainly seen, especially uh, lately, we've seen death is a reality. We're dealing with that now. Death is a reality. But what else is a reality? Life continuing is a reality, right? Life continuing. We've all have, we've all had, uh, most of us have had loved ones pass on. You know what? That's been what? One year ago, 10 years ago, whatever. Life continued on. That is a reality. So death is a reality. And the fact that life continues is reality. And that's why he said, behold, I die. But you know what? Life's going to continue. But here's something encouraging. God shall be with you. And so while death is a reality, and life continuing is reality also. If you're saved, God being with you is a reality as life continues. And so uh, thank God. So you see that throughout the word of God, uh, someone's passing on. But that person uh, that's staying here is reminded, hey, I'm passing on. But God is still going to be here and God is still going to take care of you. Uh, Moses said that, remember when Moses was nearing death, 
Uh, now, he wasn't uh, dying because he got sick or age. You know, God just chose that, hey, this is the time for you to die. You know, it's interesting. Maybe God will see how that happened, right? And remember, nobody knew where he was buried. And, of course, we know why God did that, because they would have turned that into a holy place for sure, right? And that would have been a stumbling block, just like that brass. Uh, 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 it's amazing how many years later, uh, as a side note, that that brass snake and pole was still around, and they had to destroy it because it became... A snare. But Moses said that to Joshua when he was about to die. He said, when Moses knew that he was going to be leaving the scene and Joshua was going to be taken over, this is what uh, Moses said to Joshua in Deuteronomy 31 6. Be strong and have a good courage. Fear not. He's saying, hey, I'm going to die. You're getting ready to take over. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee. He will not forsake thee. So, boy, that's just a good Bible principle. Hey, uh, I'm dying, but you're going to continue on, and God is going to continue on with you. Uh, uh, Jacob said that to Joseph. Moses said it to Joshua. And you know who else said that? Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, and Moses said that to Joshua. And uh, thank God one day, you know what? The Lord said that. To his disciples. Jesus said the same thing to his disciples. One day he came to the stop. He said, you know what? I'm going to die. I got my die. I'm going to die. But God will be with you. John 14, 16, Jesus said, talking about his death. And then he says this, I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. So, boy, words of encouragement. Hey, death comes, reality, but life continues, reality, but, hey, man, God continues with you and during that life. So we need to ask ourselves, hey, God has promised to be with us as life continues, even that loved one passes on, but we need to ask ourselves, how many days do we let go by? Think about even over the last month, in the last month, right, we know the Bible tells us God's there with us, but how many days in the last month and last week can you say you consciously lived with the awareness, amen, that, you, that God was present with you? You live, we are, as Christians, we're to live with a conscious awareness of God's presence being there with us. Remember, everything's about, the Christian life is about conscious decisions, but it's also about a conscious awareness of God being there for us and being uh, active in our life. So we see that. He says, I'm going to die, but God's going to be there with you. So we also see in this verse that God is going to be there and God is going to be there to finish his work in us. Hey, he's not going to be there as a passive bystander. He's there, amen, to continue the work. The work continues, amen. The work continues uh, in each generation in the church, but the work, amen, God has the work he wants to continue uh, in your life and in your home. Again, Genesis 48, 21, And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you, and what? bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Now, see, this isn't just talking about Joseph himself, but it's talking about Israel as a nation too, that God's going to develop that nation. He's going to forge a great nation and God is going to bring them again unto the land of their fathers. Now go up to verse three there and look again what it says in Genesis 48, verse three. And Jacob said unto Joseph, right before he told him that, he said this in verse three, 
God Almighty appeared unto me, it loves, in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And so, and so, you know, what a blessed thing it is that at death, what a blessed thing it is that at your deathbed, that some of your last words that you can say to your loved ones and friends would be sharing the testimony of living in God's presence and enjoy his blessings. Hey, listen, how do I know God's going to be with you? <laughs> well, he's been with me all these years. You heard me tell Pharaoh, hey, 130 years, right? I've been in this old world, and most of that time, I've been enjoying the presence of God and the blessings of God in my life. And that's what God wants to do with you. So Jacob is saying, as God was with me, so shall he be with you. As we saw in chapter 47, Christ is the nourisher and he is the sustainer. And Jacob had learned through life, Jacob had learned through life the promise, amen, and the truth that we see in John 15, 5. John 15, 5 says this, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Hey, we see that written down in John, but Jacob had learned that truth in his life. Amen. Now, he, of course, uh, uh, he had some ups and downs in life, and God, but God brought that. He finally realized, hey, uh, why do I keep trying to, uh, the, he was the subplanner. Why do I keep trying to twist and turn and make things happen my way? If I just let go and let God, amen, he'll do what needs to be done in my life. He'll take care of me. He's my sustainer. He's my nourisher. And he finally realized that without God, he could do nothing. So we need to understand and appreciate this truth. Notice that statement, without me. Now, here's the thing. He says, without me, you could do nothing. But here's the thing. He's already promised that you will not be without him. But you must abide in that presence. Again, he said, listen, I'm there. But you have to abide in me. You have to live with a conscious awareness that I'm there. You have to practice my presence. Amen. You have to, I, 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 I'm here, but you have to let me be active. You have to yield to me. You have to get out of the way. Amen. And let me do for you. You know, and, you know, we go through things talking about death. And I'm sure uh, uh, some have felt this way with the passing of loved ones. Lord, I can't handle this. Lord, I can't handle this. Lord, I'm not going to make it. Lord, I, I, I don't know what to do. No doubt that's how we feel in ourselves when these things happen. Amen. When we get, our, when we get sidetracked and we get, we, our eyes are focused on the immediate thing, situation from us, we say, Lord, I, I can't make this. This is, this, is, this is too much. I can't do this. You know what? You're right. You don't know what to do. You're right. You can't make it. You're right. You can't handle it. That's true. When you say that, you are absolutely right. You can't handle it. You can't make it. You don't know what to do without him. <laughs> you need him, amen? But with him, thank God, you can't handle it. With him, you can't make it. Or listen, with him, you can know what to do. Or, amen, he will handle it for you. It's probably the better way to put it. Amen. Uh, he will uh, uh, sustain you. He will nourish you. And he will give you the wisdom of what to do in such times. And so, uh, like, 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 like Jacob, 
We need to learn, amen? We are dependent upon the Lord day by day and moment by moment, and he is there uh, for us to appear to us and to bless us, to sustain us, and to nourish us, just like he did Jacob, and that promise, amen, is passed on to the next generation. So we see here, God will give us what we need in life as we need it. Amen. God will give us what we need in life as we need it and give us what we need at the time of death. Even when, and like what's that song say? And there'll be new grace. Amen. When it's my time to die. And boy, you can see that grace in Jacob's, uh, in Jacob's life right here. Look at, look again at, at verse, uh, uh, 21. Look at this. And Israel, and notice that when he says this, God uses the name Israel. Now, you sort of see that name uh, switch back and forth. And it seems like a lot of times when, when uh, 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 not, not always, but a lot of times when Jacob is sort of weak and in the flesh, God calls him Jacob. But when he, when he, when he seems to be doing a little bit better and, and, and exercising faith, that, you know, when he's acting like a prince that has power with God, amen, when he's acting like that name, when he's acting like a subplanter, God uses the name Jacob. But when he's trusting God, amen, and, and uh, that, that God uses uh, Israel, not in every case, but in a lot of cases. And so here he's obviously exercising faith. And so he says, and Israel said unto Joseph, behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Now here Jacob knows that he's about to pass on. And what do we notice? He doesn't seem to be panicking. He wasn't, doesn't seem to be fretting. He doesn't seem to be fearful, but he seems to be calm and peaceful. And that's the way a saint ought to be, right? At, 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 the, at, the, time, at the time of, of death, he ought to be. At, once it's a foregone conclusion that this is it, amen, uh, they're about to punch my ticket stuff, amen. I'm out of here, right? I put it nicely. Amen. Hey, listen, then we, we ought to just listen. This uh, uh, trust. Boy, and boy, I tell you when, you, when you're when you're around a saint, if you're ever around a saint, amen, and you and, and you, you just feel the presence of God when you walk in the room and they just boy, you can see they just have the people. What a what a what a what a what a difference it makes. Well, I think about uh, uh, the last, you know, uh, I'm so thankful I got to spend a little time and go every week to see uh, Sister Kraft, you know. And uh, of course, you know she she was in pain those uh, last couple of weeks. But 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 even though she she could barely say it, she before I left she she look up and she'd tell she say she say God is good, God is good, Amen. Tell everybody I'm thinking about him. Tell everybody I'm I'm praying for him. You just saw, despite the situation there, despite though there was physical pain, there was a spiritual peace, Amen. A spiritual grace that she was resting in from God. And so uh, uh, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful thing that is to see in a, in a godly saint when they reach that stage of life. And we see this in Israel, right? He said, behold, I die. But he wasn't panicking again. He wasn't fretting. He wasn't fearful. He was peaceful. Why? Because he was resting in the presence of in the power and in the promises of his God that had sustained him that 130 years up to that point. And so he was trusting him to take care of him. Listen, he knew that he was okay 
And you know what else he knew? Because really, we don't worry about ourselves, do we? It's those kids, amen? How are they going to make it without me? Oh, so, yeah, listen, listen. It's, but he knew that he was going to be okay, and he, God had already told him his kids were going to be okay. And he could look at his son and say, listen, son, I'm doing all right, but I want you to know you're going to be all right too. Amen. And the family's going to be all right. God's going to bring you back to the promised land. Everything's uh, uh, going to be all right. And what a blessed uh, thing that is to be able to pass on to your children. Amen. And uh, loved ones and friends as they, as they gather around your deathbed. He'll take care of you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Be careful for nothing, but what? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And what? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds, how? Through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, you can't take Philippians 4, 7 by itself, right? That word careful means anxious, troubled. Don't be anxious about it. As a child of God, you shouldn't be anxious about things. You shouldn't be troubled about things, amen? Uh, you shouldn't fret over things. That doesn't mean you can't be concerned about things. There is a difference, right? You know, because when you're concerned about that, that's what makes you pray about it. You're concerned about how something might turn out. You know, we're concerned about people, so we pray. But that's different than being anxious. That's different than fretting. That's uh, uh, different, amen, than being fearful about something. Nothing wrong with being concerned, but we're, we're not to be uh, anxious and troubled and have a fearful spirit. But you see, now verse 47, and the peace of God, the peace of verse 7 is dependent upon the prayers of verse 6. You know, so it's just not like, oh, don't worry, God will give you peace. Well, maybe he won't. <laughs> he doesn't just give you peace, amen? The, 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 the peace of verse 7 is dependent upon the prayers of verse 6. You know, that is a uh, perfect peace have they. What? That, that didn't just say perfect peace have they. Oh, see, you know, God's people are perfect. No, perfect peace have what? Whose mind has stayed on thee. Whose mind has stayed on thee. When your mind's on him. When you've turned everything over to him in prayer. Right? We got to turn things. That's what Romans 8 teaches. You know, uh, we, we, we always like throwing Romans 8, 28, you know, all things work together for good. Well, uh, listen, uh, no, they don't always. You know, that's a conditional verse. We throw it out there like it's a Band-Aid for, you know, people got gaping wounds and we come up with, like, you know, with a Band-Aid, Romans 8, 20. No, there's a context there, right? How do we know that all things work for good? We don't know all things work together for good until we've turned everything over to God. Because a couple verses up, it says we don't know, right? What don't we know? We don't know how to pray as we ought. But who knows how to pray as they ought? The Spirit of God. He knows how to pray. Right. And so when we go to him and whether we pray or we just cry or whether we just cast ourselves up there, whatever it is we do. And the Holy Spirit takes over and we know that we've been before the throne of God and we know that we've done the best we could do in our prayer. And by faith, we've turned it over to God. Now we know that everything's in God's hands and because we trust him. Right. Once it's in his hands. Now we know that all things work together for good because amen. He's got it's in his hands and we trust with him and whatever decisions he makes concerning that. You know what? 
it's good. It's right. Amen. And so a lot of times we just, uh, uh, you know, even another verse, I don't want to get sidetracked with this, but we know, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. <laughs> Listen, there's a condition for that verse, <laughs> right? It, that doesn't always happen. There's a context for that verse too. So a lot of times we got to remember God wants to give us these things, but there's a stipulation to these promises. There's a context to these promises. And the context of this peace that God wants to give you is when you go to him uh, in prayer, trusting, trusting. And so we see here, as we finish up, Jacob trusted God in his life. Israel trusted God in his life. And now we see him trusting God in his death. And now we see he would trust God to care for his descendants. Boy, amen, what a wonderful thing to be able, at the end of life, to be able to lay your head down and say, man, God has been so good to me. Right now in this moment, God is being so good to me. Amen. And even, amen, when I close my eyes, God's going to continue to be good to me by watching over my loved ones and taking care of them. What a wonderful thing to be able to say at the end of life. And Israel was able to say that. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die. Hey, don't have to be afraid to say that if you know you're saved. Don't have to be afraid to say that if you know, hey, you're saved and in the best of your ability, you know, you're where you should be with the Lord and you've lived a life that's well pleasing to him. And then you can look you can uh, uh, look uh, your loved ones uh, in the eye and say, hey, listen, I, can't be, I may not be here tomorrow. Well, I remember telling my children when they, when they were little, them sitting on that couch, and I'd say, well, you know, one day daddy's not going to be here, but somebody will be here when daddy's not here. Amen. And he'll, he'll, he'll take care of you and he'll provide for you and he'll be there with you. Boy, I'll never, I'll never forget when, uh, when my uh, uh, mother was passing. You know, I can't say her whole life that she was where she should have been. But thank God the last years of her life. Amen. She'd uh, got things right with the Lord. The last years of her life, she went to a, a, a good uh, independent uh, uh, Baptist church and, and all that. But I'll never forget uh, when we were around her deathbed, and uh, we sang some singing hymns. Well, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it, to be able to be with your loved one and sing some hymns. And boy, you know, you've heard me talk about my, my older brother. You know, he's, uh, unfortunately, I hope he gets saved, but you know, he's, 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 he's anti-God anti and, all, and all those things, but he, but, uh, but he was there. I'll never forget, Mama wanted to sing, Everything's All Right in My Father's House. Amen. My oldest brother was on one side, and I was on the other side. We were holding her hand, and everybody else was uh, standing around there, and we were singing that song, Everything's All Right. Isn't that a beautiful wonderful thing to be able to say that? Amen. When you're on your deathbed, everything's all right in my father's house. Boy, and I'll never forget, she, she grabbed my brother's hand and tight. I'll never forget that. She grabbed that, and she looked him dead in the eye. Dead, she looked him right in the eye, and she said, Come and go with me. I'll never forget my mom looking in my brother's eyes and looking and singing with him, looking him in the eye and say, come and go with me to my father's house. Amen. To the, being, a, being a witness right there. And, uh, and then uh, I, stayed, I stayed with mom the last four or five days. I, I, I stayed in that room. I'd sleep in that chair and I held her hand those last four or five days. And then after about four or five days, I was wore out. 
And uh, I asked my younger brother to say, hey, can you, can you, can you stay with mom tonight? I got home about midnight, and I'll never forget it. I never forget. I, I, it, was, it was really wearing on my oldest brother because, you know, he didn't have any faith, you know. He, you know and uh, he, you could see the difference in the way we reacted. Not that I didn't hurt. I mean, I, I love my mother. But I, I sat on the couch, right? I, I sat down right before I went to bed, and I said, I, said, I, I prayed. I said, Lord, if it please you, would you just allow Mama to come home? About an hour later, uh, my brother, my younger brother called me. And I went back down there and uh, I got there before they came and picked her up. Mom was laying there and I got my Bible out, read a few verses with my younger brother. And we sang right there with Mama's body laying there saying, everything's all right in my father's house. Boy, I mean, <laughs> listen, listen, it's, it's real, isn't it? It's real because he's real. It's real because that book is real. Amen? And so, listen, yeah, death is real, but the fact that life continues is real, but you know what? His presence is real to be there uh, uh, for you, right, and uh, uh, carry you through. And so, amen, uh, 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 I die, but son, <laughs> it's going to be all right. Amen? Somebody's still going to be here uh, uh, with you. Boy, I think about... Uh, 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 Sister uh, Karen and, and the, the precious family that God's given her, and boy, how they they, they love their uh, they, they, they love their father, and boy, I just I'm sure they give testimony. Oh, we, we miss Daddy, but God's presence, God's presence in each one of us uh, with that that situation there. So I'm so glad. So as, as we, we we talk to people that have had loved ones pass re- recently, Amen. Let us uh, remind them. Amen. Listen, they, they can't be here for you, unfortunately, at this time, for whatever reason, this has happened. But I want you to know there's somebody that's here to be here for you. Boy, if you'll just turn to him, if you'll just turn to him, amen, he'll be there for you. He'll sustain you, amen. He wants to be your nourisher, and he'll give you what you need to get through this time. Let's pray.